Hi, Brian Wilmer, joined by Alex Zetlow as he puts What's away up? his uh, his food trash over here. Um, food trash? It's just called food, man. There's well, still some food in there. Okay. I, I thought you'd get rid of all of it. No, I haven't. You, you know, we media people, we're, we're starving all the time. <laughs> Whatever. No, shout out Tony Rack, assistant Winthrop coach Tony Rack. He gave me his O'Charlie's, I believe it is. Yeah. Some good chicken. Well, we should shout out Rack all the time for various reasons, but especially for that reason. Oh, you call him Rack? Yeah. Y'all are boys like that? Sure. Guess so. <laughs> and here in the latest installment of Brian has a nickname for everyone. Hey, Brian, what's my nickname? I know uh, you have a nickname for me. I don't. Boss Man? AZ. That's it? AZ? <laughs> well, people call me B. Are we even that's, friends? That's lazy. People call me B all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. AZ is just... But, but like, B is fun. Like, it... it, 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 it that's what you say when you're like talking crap on the pickup basketball court. Like, yo, uh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share my, um, my pickup basketball jargon with the hundreds of millions of followers that well, yeah. we have on this podcast. It's, but you know what I mean? A Z. What, what the heck is that? It's like they say in some commercial I hear all the time. Did you know that the arrow in Amazon connects A to Z? <laughs> oh my goodness! I didn't it does, know. I didn't it? care. But yeah, it does. Apparently. So, now Bro, a- Amazon stays doing some stuff that just, like, messes with your subconscious. Some co- subconscious, excuse me, not subconscious. Not below the conscience. Because they want you to buy stuff. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think we're both a little bit... Uh, Disclaimer, I'm ridiculously tired, and I've been just chowing on this food. Like, hopefully I get better midway podcast, but we'll see. <laughs> we're, we're both kind of punch drunk, A, because we both did uh, high school football last night. Boom, and, boom, uh, boom. That, that night ran uh, a lot longer than either of us anticipated. And uh, we, we just had, I don't even know how to describe that game, Alex. 88-85 Winthrop in overtime. And I think both of us thought it was over about 10 different times in 10 different fashions. And we were both wrong. Yeah, no, well, I, I knew that that, wasn't, that, that exactly thing was going to happen. See, I'm already messing up my grammar. I knew that exactly that was going to happen. Scores at 79-70, 51 seconds left. I knew for a fact that Mercer was going to call two back-to-back timeouts and struggle getting the ball in bounds and that Winthrop was going to force two turnovers. I knew then that Mercer was going to miss a couple key free throws. I knew that with whatever amount of seconds it was, Sincere McMahon was going to pick up the ball at midcourt, find Pat Good, and Pat Good is just going to say, you know what, I'm a graduate transfer. I don't care, man. Like, I'm taking this one by the horns. He's going to pull up from what seemed like Lancaster and Chester County and bury a shot with 4.2 seconds left to force overtime. Oh, and by the way, Chase Claxton blocks a shot to force overtime on the ensuing Mercer possession. And then I also knew that after getting all of the opportunities they possibly could in overtime, uh, and honestly kind of fumbling them, that Winthrop was going to drop a beautiful play where Drew Bugs uh, uses a DJ Burns screen. DJ Burns then pins Corey Hightower's defender who is under the basket, keeps him under the basket. Corey Hightower finds himself wide open at the top of the key. He buries it to make it 88-85, and I just knew that all that was going to happen, and I knew that. I just did, Brian. Did I just you, did. Did you know that uh, Naftali Alvarez would miss the first free throw at the other end, then try to miss the second one they wouldn't get a shot up did you know it was going to end that way no i didn't that one that one uh 
<laughs> that, that one vexed me. So there, there are a lot of things to talk about. We should probably talk about Alvarez, speaking of, just really briefly. Dude was amazing. I, I know that I've been warned about Alvarez. Well, warned is probably a strong word. Can but you I've, give more context of who this guy is? Yeah, I've, I've been told about Alvarez. He's a transfer from Fairfield, and uh, there are several writers that I know um, who saw him at Fairfield and told me to be prepared for him. Um, he's one of those kids. He gets on the floor. You know immediately he runs the floor. It's it's all his. It's his domain out there. Yeah. Um, he's going to hit some early shots. He's going to run his mouth, and he's going to have every reason to do so. And he was unstoppable in the first half. In, in the second half, not as much. He was 5 of 10 after half. But still, the first half, he largely ran, as did Felipe Hase for Mercer. Both of those guys were just unstoppable. And I thought it was interesting the way Pross reacted to that after the game. Because mm. ordinarily you would see Pat Kelsey somewhat vexed by that, uh, to use your term, vexed, where... Heck yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to... Hey, keep using AZ's terminology. Yeah, I'm going to appropriate it. But yeah, <laughs> after a big game like that, Kelsey would probably not have reacted the way Mark did to a guy having a big game against him. Mark basically was like, you know, these guys are going to have their big individual efforts. And that's fine. You have to realize people are going to do that against you sometimes. But when you when they do that and you still win, it's fun. Was the way he described it. Mm. That's an interesting perspective. It's one I hadn't really imagined his, his having. And it's a little coach speaky. A little bit. I mean, and also he is privileged enough to say that because he and his team ended up winning. I mean, I can't imagine him saying something so, you know, brushing it off like brushing off a forty-one point performance in a team loss. Um, particularly when it's a big man, because, um, particularly a big man who can shoot from the outside because he's going to see that a lot in the Big South. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll let him brush it off this time. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if he'd come over here and they had lost 88-85? It's like, well, guys are just going to get there sometime. Yeah, no, that's not that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> nice. Although it might have with Mark. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, have, have you heard of that? Apparently, apparently, a few times. Yeah, apparently some people think he's nice. Yeah, a few times, except for that one <laughs> referee in the, in the game. Oh, that's, my goodness, that was so another funny. another thing we should talk about. So Mark Prosser collected his first Division One technical in this game. Yep. And the way it happened, I don't even really have words to describe it. Basically what happened was there was a play where Winthrop scored off a of pick and roll, and Mark congratulated his guys, and all of a sudden <laughs> the referee stops and makes this big demonstrative, you know, <laughs> T signal and bangs him on a, on a technical. And... The 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 conversation Mark was so confused. Yes. Oh my gosh. The conversation so went on for like five ten minutes, and there was even a point over there where I looked over there and saw him talking to the guy that teed him up, and they were having a conversation, and I I could just see Mark visibly roll his eyes, which is something I've never seen. It cracked me up. Yeah. But uh, I I think the the question was finally answered to a degree. Basically, what Mark told us after the game was. Um, you know, we finally got a roll, referring to a pick and roll. Right. The official thought, he said, we finally got a call, stopped, banged him. And then there was that. Um, no, yeah, but that no, but that's interesting. And, and just to put a bow on it, the fact that that is his first technical, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I guess he's only coached Division One basketball for a handful of years. But, yeah. I mean, it's still pretty impressive. I mean, I mean... Roy would sometimes get a technical for a str- for strategic's sake. Is strategic sake a proper phrase? Probably not. For for strategy's sake. Yeah, that's that what works. I was looking for. 
Strategically. Strategically speaking. Thanks, Mike. That's that's Mike Pacheco <laughs> listening in. Mike is currently asking for his own nickname. I think that we should call well, him. Oh, yeah, well, Brian's the king of... People don't call you Cheeks around here or something? Oh! Yo, actually, actually, call him Cheeky. That'd be funny. Yeah. Heck right. yeah. Well, actually, I think I just was being Cheeky. Yes, you were. British would say that. No, it's perfect. Sorry. Cheeky. Sorry. It's perfect. I just yeah. ruined your podcast. So, no, you certainly didn't. You enhanced it so much. You enhanced it, you did not ruin it. So, uh, as, as Cheeky said, or Cheeks, <laughs> or whatever you want to look at um, no, that that was one of a few uh, controversial calls in this game, to say the least. Yes, but no, but back to my point because obviously I got to bring everything back to Alex. Of course. Um, so I, as I said, Roy sometimes uh, strategically would throw he, he would throw his jacket. He uh, there was this one really comical clip where he actually tried he gets so angry that he tries to rip his jacket and he can't, <laughs> so he just tosses it. Um, but he does that. Some he did that and. Coaches oftentimes do that. I know Seth Greenberg did that. Mm-hmm. Or to Nate Buss. You know that Nate Buss has a podcast? We're not getting into this. No. Anyway, um, coaches used to do that to fire up his team. To, to Like when the team needs an antagonist or sometimes when the team needs an antagonist to be like, yo, coach, chill out. We're the ones who are supposed to be this angry or, or something like that. Um, they get really fired up. And um, I think in a strange way, Marketing teed up was something beneficial to the team. I, I don't exactly know the perfect sequence of how everything happened. Yeah. But but his technical foul came in the second half, mm-hmm. and with 12 minutes left in the second half, with the game completely bleak, 11 points. Um, Alvarez is unstoppable. This dude Haas is just like, how would we pronounce this dude's name? Well, let's just agree on it. We'll, we'll go with Hase because that's what I heard. Hase. Okay. I'm pretty positive that's not how you pronounce. But okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll call him Hase. So with these two dudes for Mercer, and Mercer's a great team, hung tough with Arkansas, which is expected to be you know an Elite Eight, Final Four conversation team. So, um, so so Mercer's rolling, eleven points up, and uh, with, with about twelve minutes left, and Mark gets his technical, and then all of a sudden the emergence of Russell Jones. Brian, what can you say about Russ today, man? I mean, I mean. Two back-to-back steals. The first one ended in like this, like weird floater sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then a fast-break floater. Then the other one, dude, just like he didn't even go all the way to the three-point line before pulling up. He pulled up from like probably like 25 feet on a fast break, and he he, he drained it. And this um, sparsely filled Winthrop Coliseum turned into you know a Drake concert. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I definitely shouldn't say that. It, it turned into a crazy, like, Allen Fieldhouse, Kansas sort of environment. You know what I'm saying? And and he just started screaming, and he's, and oh my gosh, that was the, the that was one of the coolest moments um, of Saturday, and there were a lot of cool moments Saturday. So Alex is canceled for mentioning it's a Drake concert. Oh my gosh. Um, here we go. No, I'm, I'm going to use a Kelseyism here, um, because I can. Are you are you sure? Isn't it technically a prosperism? Well, no, it's a Kelseyism because he used to always talk about guys being like Vinny Johnson when he played for the Pistons, being you know a microwave guy, being instant offense and whatever else. He yeah. said that probably five hundred times when he was here. Russ was that guy, and it was, Russ is that guy. Well, of course, but he was that guy today, and I think largely more than anything else, it's just because of what Russell brings. It's it's not necessarily that 
you know, he's a guy you put in for a bucket all the time. He's a guy that you put in because he's going to take over. Well, I mean, I personally disagree with that. Um, I think that Russ is someone who should play as much as humanly possible. He should. This dude, this dude is just an animal, and he's so good. But you're right. If you need a spark, you got to put that dude in, and you got to have him pick up the opposing point guard full court and make the point guard make a decision. Say, okay, it is more important for me to have an off guard bring the ball up and let the off guard initiate the offense and just like kind of chill and jog down court or I'm going to like exert a lot of energy just getting the ball across half court and so then we can initiate the offense that is what that is Jones's superpower um and he was he also shot well today and so and so and so Russell is the one who like you know kickstarts this game makes it a game effectively um because it it was slowly becoming not and then his brother his 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 under six foot brother pat good (laughs) just decides to become superman and just not miss and then of course pat was the one who hit the um, game time three with four point or with a couple seconds left in the game i mean i mean Pat had some really interesting stuff to say post game. I'm being so long winded, Brian. You got to stop me, bro. You really do. Pat was just so matter of fact about it too. I mean, I asked him if he knew the shot was going to be good, and he's like, "Yeah, when 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 you prepare like I do, you just you know it's going in. You don't even yeah. think about it." Yeah. And yeah. but I did see him after he took that shot. He just kind of stepped through it and left the hand in the air. So it was it was pretty obvious what what he thought was going to happen. Yeah. So well, but also yeah, but well, more so what I was going to say was the two dudes who made the biggest impact on Saturday two smallest dudes in the gym yeah and we also talked about sincere mcmahon he didn't have a huge stat line but he made a couple of big plays including that steal over here which i don't know if that was backcourt or not we talked about that but i mean hey go go follow alex zetlow 05 on twitter you know i had the wherewithal to post that video or to take video during that moment and post it um, so go ahead and follow me. How many followers do you think I'm going to get after making that shout-out? Easily 15. At easily 15, 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you have A-listers that listen to our stuff, I mean, how could they not? Okay, we have to mention Mike Morrell. Morrell. Morrell, okay. We have to mention that dude every single podcast. Yes. Deal? Okay, Deal. cool. That's that's our gimmick. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> it's kind of like um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel loving slash hating Matt Damon. You know that you know about that feud. Uh, I've seen it. I don't really pay much attention to it anymore, but I've seen it. Oh, well, then you don't know about it. <laughs> so, game related, something game related. That, that jumped out to me, and something we didn't even talk about. I don't know how we didn't talk about this, but free throws, um, twenty of thirty-nine combined. Yeah, it was not very pretty, isn't it? Uh, no. Winthrop shot about as well percentage-wise from three as it did from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Actually, it shot exactly the same from three and from the line, 47%. Yeah, well, technically, the free throw percentage was like 47.1, and the three-point percentage was like 46.1. See, I didn't get into this to, to start having to do math. I think you did. I think you did. Come on. Yeah. It's a long night last night and hey, long day hey, today. Hey, no, I'm going to cut in again. Okay. A, uh, a very famous former basketball coach here who just left used to say, threes are worth more than twos that's true <laughs> no it's very true it's very true um but also a free throw is worth one hey cheeky hey cheeky a free throw is worth one so that just that comment came out of left field you clearly weren't even paying attention <laughs> golly I was expanding on it. 
Yeah, okay, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. You're going to get me calling him cheeky, aren't you? I yeah. just did. God, my God. And it's, oh my. it's on tape, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know what's kind of scary to think about? What's that? Um, this is out in the world, and everyone's going to know what we sound like, and they're going to know that. Like, cause like you know, we kind of sound smart behind our words, like, like, like behind our byline. We hide behind our words. Well, but behind our byline, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, I don't know how smart we sound. Anyway, we, let's not get into this. Let's not, let's not litigate this here. Uh, okay, really quickly, since since we've digressed anyway, I don't think that's really the issue. Yeah. I don't think it really matters at this point, especially considering what we saw, and where our brains both are at this point. Yeah. Um. If you can't forgive that trespass, you can't forgive anything. So, Yeah. Well said. Hey, bro. Can we talk about my favorite... Can we talk about something that's my favorite thing to talk about? Aside from food and calling Mike cheeky? Or... Well, I don't particularly like to do both of either of those things. You don't like food? That's a long discussion. Uh, oh, this, it, it, okay. My, you, you've, you've oh, become, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You've don't become do this. renowned. My, my, my parents are going to listen to this. No, and they're no, going to no, be like, no, Alex, no. are you, eating? I'm, are you st- eating? I'm stopping this because you've become renowned for halftime hot takes. Yes. Which okay. Yes, luckily I have. have not made it out in the world. Oh, goodness. This is the hottest of all hot takes I've heard from you that you don't like food. Oh. So to, oh, no. To, I like food. To, bro, to, I'm human. To borrow a question from Dave Friedman, why? Uh, I mean, I do like food. Can we just move on and talk no, about the no, real thing I want to talk about? No, we are stopping here because not liking food is the hottest of all hot takes. I you, love food. You have to right? justify You know what? Yourself. I don't like food. I love food. Does it love you, though? No. Dude, they're not living. I cook them. <laughs> I don't eat living crap. Besides a couple insects when I was in elementary school. <laughs> now I'm really airing out my dirty laundry, man. I won't be able to run at, run for office after this comes out. Okay, so now that we've established this is not ever going on the Food Network, what was what were you trying to get at yeah, to begin with? I just want to talk about DJ Burns. Talk about DJ Burns. Okay. Then talk about food. No. Or I'm gonna talk th- about DJ and food. No, I'll just talk about DJ I Burns. DJ likes food. DJ does like DJ food. DJ does like food. It, everyone likes food, man. We're all humans. Can I just get on with my point? Thank you. After you. <sighs> Alex audibly sighs. <clears throat> So DJ didn't start today. Yes. Um, we talked to Mark and uh, post game as we always would, and Mark said it was a quote slight disciplinary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and DJ wasn't hampered minutes afterwards. He's, he ended up playing 24 minutes, which again is a departure from last season where he only played over 20 minutes three times all year under Pat Kelsey. So, um, so he still played a lot. And he still made an impact. He still scored, um, I don't know how many points. Uh, 16. Still scored 16 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Eight boards. Eight boards, a, a team leading eight rebounds. And so um, that was good. Uh, the But it, wa- it was quite um, interesting to see him not start and to see, you know, how Winthrop kind of responded um, with him not starting. I mean, the game started at a 14-7 sort of pace. Um, they their offense was a little directionless without him um, anchoring the middle, which was kind of which was kind of strange to see. Um, I I mean, but I will say when Winthrop needed a bucket, uh, they go to him down low on this right block. He ends up missing, but it, that proved to be consequential, and he was still wildly important in overtime when uh, he set an amazing down screen for Corey Hightower, who eventually hit the game-winning bucket. So he was still very much used. 
Um, and the fact that, uh, I mean, he scored 30 points in the season opener, but the fact that DJ played well but, you know, didn't play for most of the first half and Winthrop still won, I think it speaks volumes. Well, the crazy thing to me was seeing Corey basically be his uh, – Replacement. Yeah, his reliever in, in the uh, in the first half, and he still only played 27 minutes. DJ played 24. Yeah. And when you consider that he collected did, did DJ 2,004 minutes, and we asked Mark about that. The second one was on kind of a a high hedge, you know, 35 feet from the basket. Yeah. Uh, you know, wildly misestimating, but uh, several feet from the basket. And Mark said he thought it was probably a foul, but you know, to see. Yeah there'd be such an, an emphasis on his defending without fouling. And then he collects two fouls in four minutes, doesn't collect any additional fouls in 20 more minutes of game action. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And also he scored 17 points on six of 13 shooting, went three of six from three. I mean, those are, that's a quiet 17, is it not? Uh, yeah. I mean, especially the, we're going to remember probably Pat for that shot that he hit to tie the game. Yeah. Corey's shot won't be as memorable, but it was every bit as impactful, if not more so. And No, Pat's shot was more impactful. I mean, dude, you can't get more impactful than that. Well, I'd say a shot that won the game is probably pretty impactful, but a shot to get it to the point where okay, you win Okay, you're definitely the game. flattening the argument. You're not looking at the whole picture. <laughs> I, I'm flattening the, uh, the, the curve is what I'm doing. Just give me 15 days and I'll do it. Oh, my goodness. We're making this political about the coronavirus, aren't we? I am as apolitical as it gets. That's a political statement. No. We were yes, told, it is. We were told 15 days to flatten the curve. I was giving myself 15 <laughs> days to flatten the curve of your argument. I'm bringing it back to basketball. You need 15 minutes to dismantle anything I say. Bro, it should take you 30 seconds. <laughs> so I think, I, think that's the, I think that's the next sound bite. You know how the other soundbite, I'm not going to say it again because because <laughs> <laughs> um, even my parents brought it up. It was actually kind of funny. I should stop mentioning my um, parents um, on this podcast, but they brought it up and it was quite funny. So, all right. So, Brian, um, we're pushing 22 minutes. You know, it's time to wrap this thing up. I think we should wrap it up by looking forward. Okay. Um, we got Middle Ten- or Winthrop has Middle Tennessee State. Wait, wait, wait. You're not going to look at Mercer's game with Life University coming up? Oh, that's a dope name. I didn't Life know that. University. That's cool. What do they teach at Life? Life. <laughs> yeah. They, well. they teach you how to eat bad cereal, play dumb board games. You know what, Brian? I would have given that a laugh, but I'm just not in the mood. You're, you just don't want to hurt your parents again. That's what it is. No. Okay, because, what hurt? Who said anything about hurting? <laughs> I just mentioned them. Yes, golly. But, no, no, no. See, you've, been, you've been making me say golly. That's how tired I am, and that's how fed up I am with you. So that's your swear word is golly? Yes. I'm from the South, baby. So do I need to get you some milk so you can chug it or something like that? Yeah, you should. Is that where we're going here? Yeah, I'm parched. <laughs> All right. We are, we are really leaning into this goofy thing. So Life Let's, University. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> no. But let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to Middle Tennessee State. Yes. Um, we don't need to know anything about these opponents necessarily as of right now. But Middle Tennessee State on Tuesday, um, on Saturday is Washington State. Then, oh man, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look this up, aren't we? We are. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, cheeky, can you help us out with the schedule, please? <laughs> yes. Tuesday, Middle Tennessee State. Saturday, Vanderbilt. Then Monday, Washington State, and then next Saturday, University of Washington. Gotcha. Thank you, Chief. You're welcome. <laughs> and best to your parents. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So, so, so that's the schedule. Um, we talked to Russ after the game. Obviously, got. I mean, Russ is so good at post game, man. Yes. I mean, he just knows. He 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 knows how to be um, not inflammatory and not sensationalist and not like say anything he shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? But he also knows how to tell like an edgy truth too. And so, and I think you're at. He said very cleanly. You know, last year, Winthrop did not have to summon a, any come from behind heroics. Did not have to summon like it had a championship vibrato, bravado, but it didn't really need it all that often because they were just so much better than everybody. I mean, they crushed Southern Conference front runner Furman at the time by like what twenty something. Yeah, and then another Southern Conference giant comes in this year and they have to, they still win, but they have to like figure out a way to win. And, um, but anyway, so, so Russ goes and he says, we're not the same as last year because uh, we never had to do this last year. But you know what's great? We still have it. And we still have it from 2019. The 2019-2020 season, the same season that Winthrop won the Big South Championship after being down 15 points that game. The same team that went to California on its on its version of its road trip, and defeated St. Mary's, which was a historic win in the Winter program. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting. So, while this team is a departure from last year in a lot of ways, it still maintains similarities to the one of 2019. At least when we talk about overreactions after you know game two, um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I and we asked Russ if it, if it's refreshing that the team still has that and he said oh heck yeah and then we asked him and then we asked him the age-old question of okay so what do you expect to happen when you go to Washington when you go to Washington State when you go to Vanderbilt and he said oh we're trying to win games and he did so in a way that was good he said oh we're trying to win games um he he, and he and he explained that if you're a team like Winthrop you have to believe that um he basically said that he believes that Winthrop can beat anyone in the country but um so yeah so, Brian, do you agree with Russ that Winthrop has a real chance to shock these high major teams? I do, and it was funny. One thing you mentioned, and I'll, I'll get back to this in just one quick second, but there's, cool. there's an important point to be made. One, one thing that you mentioned, you talked about Russ making kind of bold statements without there being inflammatory. And he talked about how uh, the, the coaching staff and Mark specifically had his back and Russ had his. Right. The other day, DJ made a comment about how it was nice to have a coaching staff that trusted him yeah. and that he trusted. I don't think it's necessarily a veiled shot at anybody, but it was interesting to see both of them really make a point of saying publicly how much they like and respect and trust their coaches. Yeah. I mean, and also, this is this is also an, it's a new relationship between this coaching. I mean, not really, because some of these guys were recruited by Prosser, and, you know, the college basketball world is really small, but there's it's still a new relationship that they're still getting to know each other, and, I mean... Prosser and his coaching staff were kind of just figuring it out on the fly today. Yeah. And it was honestly kind of refreshing to see the coaching staff um, um, adjust as the game went on. I mean, there was one point where when Russ was picking up um, Alvarez at half court, Mark was just like, let's go, Russ, do your thing. And he was just a fan, just sitting back and anxiously waiting what his firecracker of a point guard would do. Yep. Um, he wasn't pulling any strings. He was just like, "All right, well, I've tried everything. <laughs> Let's see if this works again." You know? Yeah. And so, and so that was interesting. But Brian, can you just answer my gosh darn question? 
Oh, you went from golly to gosh darn. Yeah. Okay, so if you're, if you're, <laughs> you're going to break out the GD, I'll, I'll answer your question. Dude, we're at 28 minutes. If we go over 30, no one's going to listen. Nobody's going to listen anyway. I, I think, honestly, you should look to go on that trip and go two and two at worst. Okay. I, oh, wow. I think... Uh, so you think Middle Tennessee is a, is a lock, effectively? I do, and I say that as one who has seen many, many, many games in the Murphy Center. It's um, wah, 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 wah. it's it's not. The, Brian went to college. Everybody, congratulate <laughs> him. It's not it's not the environment it used to be. But um, that said, Middle is coached by Nick McDevitt, who used to coach at Asheville. He's very familiar with Mark Prosser. He's familiar with the kind of style of basketball he's going to see. But yeah. Winthrop is more talented than Middle. Let's just call it as it is. Okay. Vanderbilt, um, we've seen teams go in there and win. We've seen Liberty go in there and win. We've seen teams that are supposed mid-major giants go in there and win. And if Winthrop is a mid-major giant, that's a game where they should at least be competitive. They certainly were last year, not sold yet. Fair enough. Washington State and Washington, both of those games are winnable. I think Washington is more winnable than Washington State. Okay. But I think both of those games are winnable. Now, how do you feel if you come back home from that trip and you're – Two and two versus three and one versus maybe if everything breaks right four and zero. I mean, I, I'd feel great at two and two. I would I would feel okay at one and three. Full disclosure. Um, I mean, as as Prosser said post game. I mean, these guys are old. There's no true freshman on this team. But also at the same time, they haven't played much together yeah. and they haven't played on the road yet. I mean, I mean. For as much crap as we've given Winthrop fans and the Winthrop faithful and Winthrop students, and for not necessarily coming out, we're not we're not actually giving that much crap to Winthrop students. You know, do your thing, live your life, sort of thing. Um, but for the, the the fact that the Winthrop Coliseum wasn't super packed, it was still super loud and still super impactful on this game. Yes. Without the Winthrop crowd, Winthrop doesn't win this game. So it would. So this so this road trip will be telling and it will be revealing. And all that, um, and so I say, oh, oh, going one and three is still a win. Going zero and four would be kind of discouraging after a, after you know such a strong start to the season. But and then you come home and you play Hartford, who was an NCAA team last year. That also kind of tells you a little more about where you are. Yeah, this non-conference schedule is interesting, man. And it should be. I think that's really what you want to do is you want to not only build cohesion amongst your team, you also want to challenge them before they get into Big South play because. You and I both know Big South play is a war every night. It doesn't matter if you're it's playing. It's unpredictable, surely. Yeah, I mean, the best team or the worst team. doesn't matter who you play. It's a war every night. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, now that Alex has dropped the, the GD bomb on me and uh, – it's, I said gosh darn. Well, that's the GD bomb for you. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm you're you're going to make all, my, all of our fans think that I don't cuss. You, you don't? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just tell everybody who you are and we'll end this. Okay. Yeah, well, anyway, I feel good at one and three. I would feel good at one and three. Um, and at oh and four, obviously, a little discouraged. Um, that said, oh, my gosh, I forgot what I was going to say to to bounce off that point. I'll listen to I'll listen to it later and be like, oh, Alex, that's what you were going to say. And then when we record another one of these in three weeks, you'll have that, that hot take that's Ready to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll probably be simmering. <laughs> it'll probably be a simmering take. Anyway, for all those who listen to Shouting from the Rafters, <laughs> dude, we didn't, even talk about our, we didn't even talk about our brand, Shouting from the Rafters. Anyway. We're not, all, we're not in the rafters. We are in a nearly yeah, but that's silent. Our, that's, the, that's, the, that's the title of the podcast. 
Okay. Anyway, for all those who are listening and who made it this far, we thank you very much. Um, I'm Alex Etlow, sports editor of the Herald newspaper in Rock Hill. Please check out my story of the Winthrop game um, tonight. And then also, you know, follow me on Twitter and AlexEtlow05. And also read my stuff leading up to this really awesome road um, trip that Winthrop's about to embark on. I'm, I got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. And Brian, who are you? I am Brian Wilmer. I'm a staff writer and editor from House Enterprises College Hoops Digest and Alex's underling. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you can follow me at Sports Matters and um, catch all the stupid jokes and uh, ridiculous takes on whatever yep. that, uh, that I may have to offer. Yeah. All right. It was fun, Brian. Until next time. I think that this was probably a 50 out of 100. No, we didn't fail. You're, you're, you're let's generous. Go, let's go 71. We didn't fail. Okay. 71's good. All right. Until next time. See you later, Brian.